0: On the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield. From Rudy's. Welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Ruby's. Home of the Aggie Coaches Show. S. C. E. Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. And by Stokes. Stokes Trucking. Doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard.
1: Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. We are out and about today. Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Get your uh, tail on down here and let's have some fun. Talk a little Utah State basketball. Uh, of course, they've got the late night menu going on as well. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, every week from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. All kinds of great stuff. We'll talk more about that coming up here in a bit. But we want you to come down here right now and uh, claim that free appetizer. And uh, let's get you squared away with some great food. Chance to hang out with Coach. we got some players down here as well. And uh, recap the week that was and then look ahead to next week as well. Big week coming up with home games against Nevada and Boise State as uh, – I tell you what, Coach Man, they, these games they, there's no let up. It doesn't there? stop. It yeah. doesn't
2: stop. It's uh, but that, that's what's fun about the Mountain West. I mean, every week you got two great opponents, and and, uh, and it's awesome for you know the fans to come into the Spectrum and and to watch quality teams come in.
1: There's a season. I I imagine it probably feels like it lasts five years and and five
2: minutes all in one. Right. Oh man, it like the Cayman Islands feels like three years ago. I know right. It really does. There's just it's been so many games and so many things happen, just like life events, you know, that just happen.
1: So uh we got uh we got some games to break down. Obviously uh last week you split you get the win against San Jose State and then uh tough loss against San Diego State. Let's start with the San Jose win. Uh game that was nip and tuck there at first. San Jose threw a few haymakers. They made it close at the beginning of the second half and then you guys pulled away. Uh, and, and and that's a that's a good team you played there.
2: Yeah, really good team. You know they they really shoot the basketball well, so they're very dangerous. You know, and we did a great job guarding the three point line that game because they're they they shoot almost thirty a game, and they make almost ten or eleven a game. And so that's kind of how they you know when they when they get hot, that's how they stay in games, and that's how they can beat you. And so our guys did a tremendous job, you know, being scout detailed and taking away the three point lane line and then uh once we kind of got some of those stops you know we got three four in a row and we got into transition in the second half that's when the game opened up
1: then uh tough loss over the weekend san diego state uh i mean that's been a house of horrors for utah state for For a long time for everybody they're now 11 and 0 in that building uh great fan base they get after you they're loud they're obnoxious and they've got the talent the physicality to back it up too
2: they do you know they yeah they you know, similar to New Mexico, like, they're they're tremendous at home, and uh, it's hard to beat them down at Viejas. But we didn't do the things, you know, we told the team, you know, we didn't do the things that you have to do to win games on the road. You know, win games at home in general. You know, we didn't – our box outs at the free throw line were very sloppy. They got three offensive rebounds on yeah. the free throw box outs. You know, our chest ups, making them score over us. You know, we fouled them like three times where we'd been pretty good at being straight up. And all those things add up, you know, like they scored, I think six, they hit two threes on baseline OBs, which is, you know, it's just focus and and attention to detail that, you know, those six points, that's why you don't win on the road.
1: So when you went back and looked at the film, um, you know, sometimes it's like a golf shot. Sometimes it's better than you think it is. Sometimes it's worse than you think it is. So now that you've had a couple days to decompress uh, and you can evaluate your team, do you feel like there were more self-inflicted mistakes or cuz afterwards you talked about the physicality really yeah. kind of took you out of your offense probably a combination of both.
2: It it was a combination of both, you know, but the things that we could control, we didn't do them. Like we control if we box them out when they're shooting the free throw. Yeah. We control if we're going to make smart decisions offensively and take care of the basketball and handle their pressure. And I thought, you know, their pressure and their length and athleticism you know it, it got us out of flow a little bit uh, offensively and it put us into some positions where we had to go one-on-one and you know we don't have tremendous great one-on-one players like we have to be able to move to basketball and play for each other and let the ball find the open shot and you know I mean a lot of teams have that problem when you're playing San Diego State they're a tremendous defensive team but you know I, I do feel like you know the stuff that we could control you know we didn't do a good job of.
1: You know it's interesting too because it's one of the key aspects of your team has been scoring and fast break in transition uh, and if you're able to get stops on on the offensive side and Stu used to say this all the time is you know the best way to uh, the best way to get into your offense is to not have to inbound it <laughs> exactly. and, and get going as yep. fast as you can and not let yeah. them set up because if they're scoring on one end then they have time to get back and set up defensively
2: no and what they do is they, they pick you up full court and so then they're hounding Darius and then when he gave the ball up they would deny him, and then you, another player has to initiate offense. And so, you know, it's something that you know our guys will get better at. And uh, you know, the good thing is we get them. You know, we get a chance to to play him again, and hopefully, we'll play better and do the things that winning entails.
1: Are you seeing teams adjust considerably in the beginning of the year to now how they're attacking you?
2: No, not really. I mean, it's kind of been the same. Uh, you know, after we play Nevada, we'll have played everybody one time. Yeah, and so you know, it'll be interesting to see like you know, what differences Boise, what adjustments they make, you know, and then next week, obviously, with, you know, Wyoming and Colorado State, but every team changes so much, you know, from January to February, and even to March, you know, you 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 find out a lot about your team, and the way teams are going to make it tough on us, you know, we know they're going to guard great, and Ian, and, and Darius, and try to take us out of our offense, and things like that, and, you know, and that's where players make plays, and that in, in February and March, it's all about players, it's we know what plays Boise is going to run. We know what plays Nevada is going to run. Yeah. Now are you going to go execute and you're going to contest and do the things that winning entails? How much
1: scoreboard watching do you do? I mean, because you got Boise, who you beat in Boise, and then they turn around go to the pit and win. Colorado State loses one of the craziest games you'll ever see against Wyoming. Yeah. And then they beat San Diego State at home. I mean, this conference is just, uh, for lack of a better term, it's just cannibalizing each other.
2: No, it is. And uh, I, I don't – like, I'll, I'll look at – Whenever like the nights the games are played in our league, I'll I'll look at them. I, I still check the Mountain West and I check the Big Sky and I check my guys at Fullerton. That's it. And uh, but I don't look ahead like, hey, who's playing who next week? Gotcha. You know, like I've told you, it gets demoralizing if you just start looking down the schedule. Like you're like, oh man, we got to go here and then we have them and it's no, just take care of. We got Nevada tomorrow and that's got to be our focus. After that, we'll we'll figure out what's what's next. But you know and i've said it plenty of times like we're not experienced enough in this league to overlook anybody and we're not good enough yet to, to take nights off
1: yeah you know it's funny because i think some people hear that and like oh that's coach speak being around you yeah, i mean that is no. 1000% genuine because it i is. after boise i you know i i could I don't know how much of the schedule you could go through and, and say well uh, we yeah got this week this week this week like <laughs> yeah. I think you know you got Nevada you got Boise and then after that I think you know you got a road trip coming up but what order you know that is one thousand percent genuine with you and your staff yeah uh-huh. I mean
2: I was shocked when I mean, the only reason I knew we were playing Boise again was because obviously the Stu Moore na- court yeah, naming yeah. and you know I'm getting the emails on that and the dates you know it's been blasted out but other than that like I don't, I don't know where we're going from there.
1: We'll talk more about that. I want to get your uh, memories of Stu and and things along those lines coming up a little bit later on the show because uh, I don't know if people really, truly appreciate the history, not just the Montana, but the Big Sky games that you played back in the day and those things. So we'll touch on that. Um, Overall, though, and and again, I don't want you to get into trouble here, but when you're dealing with foul trouble issues in the first half like you had and you're kind of cobbling together lineups and things like that, how difficult is it to try to stay into a group? Because you started out that game so well. Yeah. And then when the foul trouble started to issue up, you're, you're putting lineups. And frankly, there was – I can't remember what lineup, but I was looking. I'm like, I don't think these five have been together been, on the court no, together. No, they hadn't.
2: And, and like I said, you have to give San Diego credit. Like the reason you know, Josh and Mason were in foul trouble was they weren't aggressive. Like San Diego State was – they were attacking them. And whenever you're the one you know, being attacked, like the second you put your hands on them, it's a foul. And so we can't be on our heels and, and, you know, especially in a game like that and, you know, with the way they want to play, like you have to match their physicality and their athleticism and, and you have to be the aggressor and, and then you have to let the the refs call what they call. But if we do that, like more often than not, you know, we always say the aggressor always wins and, San Diego State was definitely the more aggressive team, and that's why they won.
1: Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, there are moments where you can complain about officiating and things like that, but then there's other times where, we're like, hey, you know what, that's on us a little yeah. bit. we got to force their hand.
2: Yep, no, and, and we did. You know, like, there was times where we were, when we were aggressive, that's when we were successful. And uh, hopefully we just keep learning from it. You know, I, even after the game, I asked the guys, like, hey, what are, what are two to three things that you guys learned from this loss? Like, right now, what do we got to do? Because we're going to have this team in about 20 days. You know, and the first thing they said is, like, aggressiveness. They're like, we didn't come out, we weren't the aggressors. You know, and then obviously they talked, you know, taking care of the basketball. But for them to know the first thing that came out of their mouth was being aggressive, it shows that that's what we got to do.
1: So, Nevada coming up this week. Uh, and, again, the one team that you have not seen yet yeah. so far this year. What really jumps out at you when you see that team on film?
2: You know, they're they're, uh, they're defending at a really high level. Um, from what I heard, you know, this is one of their best defensive teams, you know, but what re- really jumps out on film is their, is their two guards, you yep. know, Blackshear and Lucas. Yep. You know, Lucas is one of the best shooters, not only in the country, but might be the best shooter on the West Coast. He does a tremendous job and, and they run good actions for him to sprint off screens. He just, he does not stop, you know, and I've said it before, like if you put kind of one of those Fitbits on him, I bet you he runs 10 miles a game. Like, he never stops. Does a tremendous job getting fouled. Uh, and then Blackshear is a He's just a matchup problem because he's 6'6", 225, 230, and he brings the ball. He's a point guard. And so when he's posting you, you know, more often than not, he has a smaller guy on him, and you have to figure out if you're going to guard him straight up or you're going to double him. And then he's spraying stuff out to shooters. And so they're, they're a very hard matchup, and you know, there's a reason they're in the top 60 in the net.
1: Well, you got Lucas, as you mentioned, not only shooting about 39% from three, but if you just look at Mountain West games, he's like 45%. So. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, he, I
1: mean, he can fill it up in a hurry.
2: He can. I mean, they'll get fast breaks, and he'll just sprint to the three-point line. And not just, like, he'll from about, like, 30 feet. And so, usually you're getting back into the paint, but you have to do a great job, like, locating him and, and not letting him get those transition threes. Are you uh, – I, I know you're old school enough. I think there's still some old school guys that will
1: see those transition threes and be like, I don't know. Where, where are you at on that? I guess it yeah. depends on the player a little bit.
2: Well, I was a shooter, so I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wish they would have done it back then. But uh, You
1: would have yeah. had a good time in this day and age. Yeah, no, Moscow, would you?
2: like I like it, you know, and it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things when you look at the analytics, like the only time you really note is when you miss it. Yeah. Like when you make it it's like okay great now you're back on defense. Like basketball goes too fast. It's not like football, you know, where you're on offense for 10 straight minutes. Like all of a sudden you got to get a stop. And so you don't think about it too much, but you know, when you do make some of those threes like it's a it's a huge momentum swing.
1: How do you balance the old the analytic world? I mean, there's there's some people uh coach Odom's staff I know is really deep into it yeah uh, so some you know use it uh, some think that it's just a bunch of pimple faced nerds in their
2: mom 's basement yeah. where where are you guys at on that yeah we we use it a lot you know uh, as a staff you know i don't like i don't like bringing all the numbers and and all the information to our players i don't want them to be overwhelmed uh, but they know like they know the percentages you know but like we'll as a staff we talk even before the season like hey there's certain things, like if you want to get a two-for-one shot, you know, try to shoot with 40 seconds left so they get the ball again, then you still get another shot, you know, at the end of the first half or whatnot. Um, So, like, we do it a lot there. Like, we know where guys analytically, like, where they want to get their shots. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are some teams like Wyoming where it's it's all five feet in at the rim or three-pointers. Like, they don't shoot any mid-range jump shots. And I allow our guys to shoot mid-range jump shots because we have players, frankly, that can make them. And I just feel like it's it's a good shot and even if we miss it we got to get to the offensive glass but at least our guys know that they're going to shoot the mid-range so the other four guys know either th- where their transition responsibilities are either to get back or go to the rim so as we get you ready for nevada coming up
1: on tuesday and then uh, the Stu moral game coming up on saturday make sure you get those tickets at utahstateaggies.com but uh, we got uh, we got a couple players here again tonight. Darius Brown, great Osborne awesome. hanging yeah. out with us again, and yep. and uh, you know the so much of the focus has been on those two, and you know that they're heavy on the game plan of every team, uh, and it seems like night in and night out, these guys are doing their best to step up to the challenge there.
2: They are. I mean, I'm I'm proud of them. You know, like not only that, like leading a new team too. You know, and and uh, they're getting guarded at, a, at another level. I mean, this is this is big boy basketball, and they've done a great job. Uh, you know, keeping us in games and helping us—you know, obviously win 19 games. And like I said, they're not—they're not the only reason, but you know, I mean, what they've done this year is, is very impressive. You—you
1: uh, you had a luncheon earlier today.
2: How'd yeah. that go? It was awesome. I mean, we yeah. probably had—I mean, close to 100 people there. I, I don't know what to count, but it was—it was great. You know, I mean, it's typical Aggie basketball, man. It's people love it. People and, care. Uh, yeah, a lot of questions. People care. Yeah, but uh, it's awesome because, like you said, the care factor. Not every program has that. And, uh, you know, I mean, but that's what makes this place special.
1: It really is. And uh, the place is going to be rocking coming up tomorrow. And then, of course, on Saturday as well. Tickets, not a lot left, but if you want to grab them, go to utahstateaggies.com. In fact, I think Saturday may be close to a sellout. Is it sold out? Is right. sold out. Yeah, Saturday's a sellout. There might be some available on Tuesday, but uh, get those tickets now, Coach. I'll let you grab a bite to eat real quick, and then we'll talk to some players coming up. And then again, in our third segment, we'll have a chance to catch up with, uh, or you'll have a chance to ask questions as well. For Coach, it's really simple. We'll have the wireless mic, and you can uh, let your voice be heard. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. back. You're listening to Danny Sprinkle Coach's Show, brought to you in part by USU Credit Union, serving true Aggies since 1957 and the only credit union conveniently located on campus. Visit the branch inside the University Welcome Center or any of the six locations around Cache Valley. USU Credit Union, smart, local, and convenient. Live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill, Thad and the crew dishing out the free appetizers. So make sure to come on by, hang out with us. If you can't do it today, make sure to get by uh, next Monday. And again, you can ask questions and uh, talk to these guys and, let them know uh, what's going on because uh, right now this Aggie team, 19-3 and on the season, a huge week of games coming up as they get set for showdowns against Nevada tomorrow and then uh, Boise State coming up on Saturday. Uh, as we, uh, again, uh, look forward to another uh, slate of games coming up as Utah State certainly has got themselves in a situation where the wins are stacking up, but the dog days of February are here. It's physical. Guys are getting after each other. And Darius Brown, great, Osborne, awesome, kind enough to hang out with us uh Darius let's start with you man uh as you look at uh this team and where you guys have come from and the amount of physicality and these games stacking on top of each other how hard is it to try to stay fresh and uh try to stay uh at least somewhat healthy going into these games because I gotta imagine there's a lot of bumps and bruises throughout the course of the season
3: yeah well that you know that's part of the job it, and you have to take care of your body we do a good job of making sure that we stretch all the time after practice and you know it's a it's a lot up to you what you do in your personal time making sure that you take care of your body and get in ice tubs and do all the things that you might not like to do but it's necessary for you to be successful
1: you know great not only are you a starter and a leader on this team but you're taking on a huge minute load that uh you may not have had to do last year at Montana State how has that adjustment just been physically for you I mean
4: I feel like uh strength and conditioning coaches kept us ready you know like the whole summer we've been playing and then even practice practice we play really hard Like yeah. we're bumping consistently so then you get to the game after you've practiced for like two hours and then the game's like 40 minutes I, I like we hard. can deal with this yeah, yeah. can do that
1: well you know i i mason who you know I had you guys knew coach sprinkle you knew what that was about mason told me he's like man i'd like i want this season to last forever because i don't want to go through summer ever again. <laughs> You know, and you guys knew it. You guys knew what you were in for, and I think we've talked about that as well. So, obviously, that level of physicality prepares you for a long, strenuous season. Uh, let's talk about the San Diego State team. Uh, this was a, uh, a situation where, obviously, they were super physical. Uh, what was your thoughts and what were the messages after that game in preparation for not only seeing that team again, but others seeing other physical, game, other physical teams Coming up this season, Darius, let's start with you. Like, what, what did you what did you come away with that game? What was the uh, what was your thoughts here?
3: Welcome to the Mountain West. Yeah, you know it's a physical conference, and it's it's something that we have to have to you know learn from, but kind of move on quick. Like we you know we have Nevada coming in tomorrow. That game, San Diego State was two days ago, so it was you know just time to learn from that, know how physical that we have to be when we see them again and any other team in this conference and knowing how hard it is to win on the road. But, it, it, you know, it's time to move on and get ready for, for a good team on Tuesday.
1: Great. Is, is it hard to put a game behind you, whether it's a big win or a big loss, and, and you put it behind – I mean, is it hard to say, okay, that's in the past, we can't think about that anymore? You learn from it, but you can't let the emotions or the hangover from that game uh, linger. Is that is that tough to do as a player, or is, it, or is it easy to just say, all right, that's over with, let's move on?
4: I mean, I feel like it's easier for some people – and it's harder for some people. So, like, me especially, I, I hold on to stuff, you know. Yeah. So, like, like a game like San Diego State, we just lost, and whatever, we play tomorrow. But, like, right now, I'm I'm still, like, mad that we lost. So, I try and use it to, like, fuel me for the next game. Just get yourself pumped up and be better the next time you get on the court, you know.
1: Do you circle a game uh, and say, like, all right, we're going to see you again? We got a lot of work to do before we get to that. But do you do you look at that like, I can't wait to get these guys in Logan and go after him again?
4: I mean – for sure, you, you go on the road and a team beats you, and then obviously everyone wants to talk, the, talk what they want to talk about when, when they're up. I feel like I like our chances in Logan in front of the, the spec.
1: Yeah. Where are you guys at on? Uh, I remember there was a quarterback here a couple of years ago in Utah State, was, uh, went, won the Mountain West in football, and he said he told me, he's like, and he showed me actually his DMs that he was getting from just <laughs> random fans uh and and uh from opposing teams and some of the stuff was just like horrific uh do you, i mean do you guys deal with that and, and do you do you look at that stuff or do you try to just uh turn off your mentions and turn off the dms like darius how do you handle that
3: i, I don't know how to turn them off I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to turn them off but they're they're there you see dms after every game you know people mad about different things sometimes it's I don't know if they're fans. I think they're just betters. Sometimes they get mad if you if you don't score how much you were supposed to score. Really? Yeah. They, you get a lot of those people. Are, they get really mad about that type of stuff. I'm but, sure you know it's a lot of money on the line. I guess, but like Floyd Mayweather just was yeah. mad about that thing like a week, a week ago. So you see that, great. I did see that. If they would have <laughs> counted your three, you would have made Floyd a lot of money.
4: I mean, that's on me. I stuff's on the line. My bad, Floyd.
1: <laughs> That's money, play. He, he's he got the money. He's, he's got good. it. He's I th- good. I think he could reach into his couch cushions and pull out 22 grand. I'm nah, not too sure. I'm sure he could. Not too overly <laughs> concerned about that one. Uh, great. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that public scrutiny sometimes? Not, not just from – I mean, from like opposing fans trying to get under your skin and stuff like that. I
4: mean, for sure, like, obviously at a different level right now. Last year you, you had a bad game or whatever. You were the only one telling yourself, okay, I need to be better. Now you play a game and I don't get – I don't help someone in their fantasy or (laughs) I don't get enough rebounds or something. And then I get people in my DMs telling me all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you just – you got to not listen to that stuff. Just let it be.
1: So, uh, Nevada coming up. uh, Obviously, they've got two really good guards, uh, a really good team, certainly a dangerous team. Uh, Darius, what have you seen? uh, Have you had a chance much to to game plan? And and what have you seen on film from those guys?
3: They are – really physical. They're really physical, and they like to uh, they like to make room for their two guys, uh, you know, Lucas and Blackshear, so we have to be ready to make sure we guard them. That's, the, that's what I've seen.
1: Yeah. So. Is there a, is that, I don't want to say surprised you, I think you were probably prepared for the guard play in the Mountain West and knew that it was going to be good, but is that something that has
3: been somewhat of a, I mean, because there's no nights off when it comes to guards in this conference. No, not at all, and that's actually like when when I when we first got here and you know I was talking to Coach Sprinkle about everything and you know he said like like you know the guards in this conference like if there is no night off and stuff but I guess you don't really realize until you're in it and now that we have played every team once after uh, after tomorrow and see all, like that you have to go see everybody again it every guard every team has some guards on yeah. them so it, it it is a load but it's what you sign up for.
1: Great. How about the bigs in this conference? How did, how did that compare to what you saw in the big sky?
4: I mean, it's obviously, it's a different level. So, in the big sky, you had a lot more like six, eight bigs or, or stretch bigs and stuff. And the level of physicality was a, a bit different. Like, I had to worry, okay, let me know. I'm not going to post up too hard because I don't want to go get an offensive foul or stuff. But now I'm in the Midwest. West. You have teams with seven footers, you have teams that are big, long, and very physical. I feel like it, low suits me a little bit better in terms of I can be more physical and don't really have to worry about, oh, if I hit someone too hard, they're going to say it's an offensive foul or something.
1: I don't want to, uh, again, I'll say the same thing I said to Coach. I don't want to get you guys into trouble here. But when, and so I'm going to ask you this more as a generic question. When you don't feel like the foul calls are going your way, is it difficult to keep your composure, Darius, when, when it's like, hey, man, like look at the scoreboard, it's like, eight to two right now in terms of fouls how hard is that to kind of keep your mindset right and stay focused in situations like that
3: I would say like now that I'm I mean I'm in my sixth year so I'm kind of used to it now and I can't I can't sit there and complain anymore the game goes too fast and once you start worrying about foul calls and stuff that's when you start messing up and then next thing you know 10-0 run and then the game is within is, is out of reach so I would say that I stopped caring about it a long time ago. Of course, it could be frustrating, but I, I just try to move on quick. I I get I get over it pretty fast and just try to keep playing. And the coaches do a good job of telling, to try to keep us level-headed and yeah. just tell us you got to play through contact all the time. So that that's what I would say about
1: that. Is that a bit different than your first year or two playing college basketball? Well, or have you always been kind of
3: even killed? I've always been I've always been kind of even killed, but it's sometimes i guess you could say like when you're a freshman you're younger you don't know what to expect so when things are not going your way it's just more surprising and then sophomore year it's like you you start to see how things are so when things aren't going that way you start to get a little mad about it but as you know as i'm in my sixth year it's kind of like it it could <laughs> it could work it could not work yeah, it, it yeah you, you never know what you're gonna get you just have to move on
1: great when you uh there, I, I actually. This is for both of you. I'll start. Uh, great, you can start here. But uh, people, I, I put out a tweet earlier today uh, for people to ask questions uh, because I, I know you guys are tired of me asking you questions. Uh, heaven knows I've talked to you guys way too much lately. But uh, one question: They fans, uh, guy said, I see you guys out on the court, and there's a lot of talking between you and opposition. Is, is it, it just friendly banter? Sometimes going to be trash talk. What are? And again, you don't need to go into specifics. Great, but. What 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 are some of those conversations like out there on the court with some of the opposition?
4: Like you're talking about like the players or? Yeah,
1: yeah, between you and other players from the other team. What game could this be? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you just said sometimes I see you guys out there talking, sometimes you're laughing, sometimes it looks a little bit more serious. I got to imagine it's probably a, a bunch of all kinds of stuff out there.
4: I mean, it just depends, you know. So Some games some guys want to be more cool than others on I don't have no problem with being cool, but if you want to take it, though, like we can take it, though. Like, I don't mind, you know. Like, I just play the game.
3: Yeah. How about you, Darius? Do you you see a lot of talking out there? Yeah. Well, I know for a spe- specifically a couple games, I I know some people really well, and so it, it's never. I don't. For me this year, it's never been anything like bad or personal, like really bad trash talk. I would, th- I would say sometimes. Sometimes you guys find you find common ground with the refs with players. It's kind of funny. Like sometimes, you know, a bad call will happen, and then they'll come up to you and be like, yeah, like you know that was a bad call. And then you're like, maybe. maybe I not. didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the call. So sometimes it's, it's more stuff like that, you know. But sometimes, like Great said, there are players that take it there. Yeah. When they don't need to. and You know, if it goes there, then it goes there.
1: Well, I want to go to break and hear names. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I want to uh, – I want to talk about your high school experience. You played with Amari Moore and then who else did you play with? Uh Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton, that's right. Yeah. That's a that's a hell of a team right there.
3: Yeah. It was it was fun. Uh grew up with them, you know, we're all from Pasadena so uh well, you know, they're all, they're all one of my best friends. We've known each other for life basically. We're all me and Bryce went to the same church from babies. Our parents worked together and stuff. Me and Amari Amari uh, went to the same school where my grandma worked, so I used to go always go over there. And then we went to the same middle school and high school, so it, it it's Pasadena. Pasadena has some great basketball players, so yeah, I talk to them all the time. Actually, uh, I talked to Amari not too long ago. I remember earlier in conference, there's sometimes where I'll, I'll text him and ask him about some people if I don't have a good feel for him. Yeah. I'll ask Amari or even Bryce and ask them sometimes when you know I talk to them on the phone about it. So I gotta imagine you racked up
1: quite a few assists back then yeah quite a bit (laughs) quite a bit was it uh yeah i mean uh, at some point you're like i got to get a shot off here once in a while because these two dudes are just high level scorers
3: yeah i had to change my role a little bit my junior year i used to do a lot more scoring and then senior year i kind of had to went through identity crisis and had to have my high school coach kind of tell me what it'd probably be for me if i wanted to play play division one basketball be more of a true point guard instead of a scoring point guard and you know, I ended up working out, so.
1: Yeah, I think you did all right. <laughs> yeah. But was it, uh, I mean, was that adjustment, because you're probably thinking, I want to get a scholarship, I want to play high-level college basketball, And but in your mind you're thinking, I might need to score to do that and be a scorer. But in reality, your coach is like, no, you be an assist guy, that, that'll that help you out there.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, when when I decided to start, you know, passing the ball, and like be, being a lot more persistent about my passing, it just opened up for everything for scoring, like, Maybe I'd score five, six points less, but it'd be a lot easier. Like I wouldn't have to work for it really, just because every the focus is not on me. Yeah. So playing with those guys made it a lot easier, and it and it's fun when you just when you're just playing with your local friends, and you know, not not going to all these like high school nowadays. It's like people are just going to basketball schools and driving crazy amounts of time to to go play to go yep. to a certain school but when you just go to your local high school and play with your friends it's, it's you know it's a lot more fun that I way i bet i bet
1: great give me uh put your coach's hat on a little bit what do you guys got to do tomorrow against nevada what's i don't want you to give away the game plan or anything but yeah. uh because uh, coach is right there and he's listening and we'll all get in trouble at that point but <laughs> uh kind of give me your thoughts on what you need to do tomorrow to get a w
4: gonna be the aggressors you know we're gonna be the more physical team you're gonna dominate the glass Cut down our turnovers, get some stops, because uh, I feel like if we get some stops, we're really hard to guard in transition. We have we have Mason, we have Ian. They get in transition. DeBee's gonna get them the ball. I'm gonna rim run. We can get some stops getting transition. I like where we'll be at the end of the game.
1: What's your uh, what's your leadership style like? How do you are you a vocal guy? I mean, what's when because you, you're you're a you're a big time leader on this team. Guys yeah. look up to you. Uh, what, what's your style like in terms of getting your message across?
4: I'm for sure more of a vocal guy. So, like, DB is more chill, like, lead by, lead by example. Like, we know what DB does. But I feel like sometimes you need someone to let people know what it is. And I feel like that's my role in this thing, you know.
3: Darius, how about you? Kind of what he said. I, like, I'm more of a just lead by example, do all the right things. I'll talk. Uh, I, I for sure talk. It's more of a general talking, not specifically to people. I'll have one-on-one conversations with people when people need to be spoken to. But... It's more just general speaking, keeping energy up, all that, you know, that type of stuff. Yep. But it's more example. And then, yeah, great's the uh, grace the enforcer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I got to imagine you, you, you can't fake that stuff because I think a lot of people think they need to be talkers and they need to be big leaders in that regard. But if that's not who you are, then people, it's just not genuine and it comes across fake, right?
3: Yeah, and, you know, people could tell easily, like, if someone's being fake to you or lying to you about what how things really are you could yeah. tell or you know or you should be able to tell so but the, the, you know this team has done a really good job and it's not just us like we you know I, I like to think that a lot of players hold each other accountable to hold themselves accountable actually like when they know when they're doing something wrong and we have a lot of guys like ian's an older guy too and ian's more of a just do thing do things right and and move on you know Ian's not much of a talker but Ian just does things right and leads by example Josh has started talking Mason has started talking now now that Mason's you know got some games under his belt and stuff Mason's talking so everybody's starting to talk it's great that's
1: awesome well guys uh, big week uh, Boise State I know uh, they're 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 gonna be all types of angry uh, coming up on Saturday Nevada's gonna be a fun one Uh, It's a huge week, and every game it seems like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and the stakes get bigger and bigger. So uh, good luck, and uh, let's talk again here soon, okay? Yes, thank you. you. Thank you. Go get some food. Enough of this chit-chat. Darius Brown, great awesome boy right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, and, of course, everybody up and down the Wasatch Front on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Coming up next, we'll get back to Coach and uh, get some thoughts from him and uh, get you ready for the huge game on Saturday as – Boise State comes to town, but also the Stu Morrill ceremony as well. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Aggie Hoops on the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. Hey, remember the Mountain West tournament just around the corner. Make sure to get your tickets now to experience all the madness in Las Vegas. Visit UtahStateAggies.com to get those tickets right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show as Utah State gets set for a couple of big games coming up this week. If you're looking for a way to finance your next home improvement project, it's all possible with the Home Equity Line of Credit from USU Credit Union. Apply online at usucu.org or visit any branch location. USU Credit Union is smart, local, and convenient. Again, live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. If you can't get down here, make sure to uh, stop by next Monday as we'll have more games to break down. A uh, huge road trip coming up next week, but uh, that's way in the future. Uh, it's all about Nevada coming up this week. But if you got questions, uh, raise your hand. Ajay will run a mic out to you. We'll love to hear from you. If you got uh, questions, also via Twitter, you can reach me at ScottyGZone. Coach is also available on Twitter. You can ask Coach a question on Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of coaches just uh, find a grad assistant and say, hey, here's my login and password. You deal with it. But well, you, I, got, I
2: got mine right here, and I, I'm – you never know how he'd respond. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's he's awesome. Yeah. yeah, now some coaches do that. I just I do my own. Yeah. Uh, so all right. So if I don't
1: respond, I apologize in advance. Yeah, no, that's you probably. I was yeah. talking to these guys because I was. Uh, this was a few years ago, but there was a coach in the Mountain West who had a quarterback that was coming back, and he said uh, he quit football, and uh, and I was asking him off the air. I'm like at Mountain West Media. Day, I'm like, why why did he quit? He's like social media uh the the pressure and the backlash was just too much yeah and and it really affected him and he had to step away from the sport like that's a element of pressure that you didn't deal with yeah that a lot of guys didn't deal with and that's just an added level that it's just it's got to put a lot of wear and tear on a guys men- mentally
2: no it does and like and kids don't deserve it you no. know i mean i know i mean our players probably get messages from other teams in the mountain like and then I mean, some of our fans, you know, hopefully they're not, but I'm sure, you know, there there's is some. A, there's that, the 10% rule. Yeah, every you know, fan base is 10% yeah, of. Yeah. You know, that kind of that hide behind some screen name, which it's too bad. You know, every kid, you know, they, they have enough pressure going to school and the pressure of playing in front of fans and, and playing the right way and competing and, and performing. And so, you know, but it's it's one of those. It, it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, and, no. uh, you know, I, we tell our guys, you know, don't even look at it. Like, if you don't know who it is, don't even open it, you know. And I know it's tempting, but you just never know what's inside some of those things. Uh, question rolling in. Uh, biggest, any surprises in your transition to the Mountain West? Uh, not really. Like, I played in a lot of the environments already. Now, it is different when it's a conference game. Yeah. I mean, we went into the pit two years ago at Montana State, and, you know, it came down to the last minute and a half. But... There were still twelve thousand people there, but the energy and the intensity is different for a conference game. You know, and when you're going in there with a Utah State jersey, it's different. And uh, that's one thing. And, and like our players know it, but we haven't. We don't talk about it much because I just I want them to. I, we need to do what we're supposed to do. But even before Boise, like we didn't talk like it was a rivalry game. We just said, hey, you got to go in with some composure. You got to execute, and and if you do that, you'll have a chance to be successful. Well, I know some people they make a huge deal out of the rivalry, you know. And yeah. sometimes teams come out too emotional, um, you know, like New Mexico, uh, New Mexico. You know, I think Utah State had beaten them four, five, six straight times. But I didn't want to put that pressure on our guys. Now, New Mexico, Jalen House and Mashburn, some of those guys that had been beaten four times straight by Utah State, like they had a chip on their shoulder and they played like it when we played them. But you know that stuff it's all cool until they throw the ball up you know and then it's it comes down to ha- holding your composure and, and executing
1: so i wanted to spend some time i know we're all about nevada and we're not going to talk about the boise state game yeah. but i do want to talk about Stu Morrill. yeah um what what are some of your first experiences with him and i i gotta imagine growing up in montana you knew of him Yeah. but uh what was it like getting to know him as a opposition head coach and, and things along those lines
2: yeah you know i mean i was in uh I think I was in middle school when he was at Montana but you know I mean one of my kind of idols growing up was a guy Chris Boya who grew up down the street from me who ended up going to University of Montana and playing for his assistant Blaine Taylor uh, but they may have started recruiting him when Stu was there and so everybody knew you know I mean they had a dynamite program you know at Montana when he was there and obviously he got the job I believe at Colorado State and then came here but everybody in the coaching world know knew Stu Morrill and he always did it the right way, like there was no shenanigans behind the scenes. It was just he got guys, he coached the heck out of them and and they performed like they you had to beat them like they weren't they were never his teams were never going to beat themselves and playing against him when I was at northridge um like you had to play your best game to beat him and they, now you weren't beating him in the spectrum, yeah, like you had no chance at beating him in the spectrum uh you know, and you mentioned earlier. In, you know when we were talking how it's a lot easier to set your defense after you score a basket and when they scored they would get in that 2-2-1 press and it was impossible because by the time you crossed half court you're going one-on-one and taking a bad shot and uh you know but he just he coached so many people um had great players but a lot of guys can't coach great players either you know like there's some teams that are really talented like sometimes coaching more talent is hard yeah and Stu was one of those guys it didn't matter what his talent level was like now he always had great talent but he always coached them really hard he got the most out of them. And, you know and that's why he's won as many games as he did and he's you know one of the best coaches ever in division one
1: well you and i talk a little bit about the psychology of coaching and what it takes to motivate guys yeah. and and to get super talented guys to buy in and sacrifice for the team, make the yeah. extra pass—all those intangible things—I mean, that, that's that's part of the job that I don't think a lot of people truly appreciate.
2: Yeah, because I mean, it's there's so many good players out there, but like you have to you have to coach them to be disciplined. Like every they'll act like they don't want it; they want discipline. Like they want to be they want structure. They want to be told, "Here's what we're going to do. Here's the vision. Here's how we're going to get there." And every day you have to fight for it, you know, because. Just human nature. Kids, they go to class, they're tired, and it's our job to push them. No, here's where we got to get today because I know where we have to be tomorrow, just like tomorrow. Hey, I know where we have to be tomorrow at 7 o'clock, and that's why we've shown film, and that's why we've had an edge today in practice.
1: Stu mentioned uh, that once that, you know, that there was – got to be careful of this a little bit. There was an in-state coach at the time that felt like there was a little bit more of a beef with him and that coach than Stu thought. He goes, look, we'll yell at each other in a game, and then – it should be over, yeah. And, and and he always could compartmentalize. Some coaches have a hard time with that. <laughs> yeah. But I think you've kind of fallen that line too, where it's like, hey, you know what? It's just a game. It's We'll get after it, and then afterwards, let's let's hug and let's have some fun.
2: Yeah. And it's you can't take stuff personal. It's like even when we coach these guys in practice, like I could ride great in and da- in Darius for two straight hours, but as soon as we walk off the court, it's over. Yeah. Like it's over. Like I know you got class, or hey, how's your family doing? Like. You have to be able to compart- – now, sometimes it's hard because there are some coaches that you want to hold a grudge against, you know, <laughs> yeah. and there's some just teams naturally that you don't like, um, you know, but even at the end of the day when you're out recruiting in the summer, we're all the same. Every yeah. coach is the same. We have the same pressures, and, and sometimes guys get out of character with the way they act because of the pressure that they're under. And, you know, as a head coach, like, I understand that now. I see some guys – like going crazy on the sideline, I'm like, no, I I feel him. I know I know what he's going through, you know, and I'm sure I look like that sometimes too. But it's, you know, like the pressure's real. How
1: uh how many games do you watch when you're breaking down film? You're like, that's dribble, that's dribble, that's dribble. I mean, it seems like oh, everybody, I mean, even in the NBA, everybody's using that play from Stu.
2: It is. I mean, every single team has it somewhere in their playbook. Everybody had uh, that play, and it's Stu moral Yeah. Uh, dribble right, dribble left. I mean. You name it; and they had all the options off it, and you could be yelling it out. You knew it was coming, and you still couldn't stop it. And that's when you know he's a great coach. Is you know what he's doing? His team still execute it better than your teams do. It's a little bit like the old Stockton Malone pick and roll. I mean, it's yeah. coming. Good luck, but yeah. good yeah. luck stopping it. Yeah. No, no question.
1: All right, final segment with Coach coming up next. We'll wrap things up and uh, get you ready for Nevada. Coach will give you his keys to the game. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what to expect in that game coming up tomorrow as uh, we're just a little uh, around 24 hours away from a huge Mountain West Conference showdown, the Aggies and the Wolfpack next. You're listening to Aggie basketball from Learfield. All right, final segment with Coach Danny Sprinkle. You're listening to the Aggie basketball from Learfield game coming up tomorrow. Uh, make sure to get those tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com and uh, get ready for what should be a fun battle against the Battle Wolf Pack. Uh, you know, I was talking to Darius. He mentioned when you were recruiting him to come to Utah State after he hit the portal, you're like, hey, get ready. It doesn't matter who you're playing. This league is loaded with guards, and that's yeah. no
2: exception tomorrow. No, no question. It's a, I mean, I mean, there's pretty much a, somebody who could get first team all league at the point guard spot every night. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's big boy basketball, like I said. I mean, it's it's every position. You know, everybody's big. They're old. They're physical. And, I mean, we're the newest team to the league, you know, by far. You know, maybe San Jose, but even San Jose has some, you know, some veteran guys back, Cardenas and, and those guys. But it's uh, it's been fun. I'm, I'm proud of the way our guys have responded to kind of going through that, the first kind of gauntlet of, uh, you know, their first taste of it. Oh, yeah. And, and we got, what, three road wins? Yeah, you know, and so like that's that's great. No, oh, gotta keep it up,
1: especially UNLV, Boise State. Yeah. I mean, th- these are not easy places to play. Yep. And uh, when you look back at that San Diego State game, there were opportunities there. You yep. know, you make a three here, you cut it to a one-point game, and and yep. that's and we talk about this all the time, but the margin of error is just so razor thin. Where you know you you make a three, you cut it to one, then they go on a five-zero run, and it's nine. And in the span of like. Yep, 20 seconds and it's just like wow I mean this was a one possession game now it's a nine Point game and then you got to exert all the energy To try to get it
2: back no and even like games That end up being like 15 points Yeah it's the same it's like a six point Game and a shot could change the game Either way and usually teams are fouling Which makes it 15 and that's why I Saying even the San Jose State game it wasn't A 20 point game no you Know it was like a it was a Eight to nine point game where if they make a couple of Those threes the game changes
1: yeah Uh Keys of the game. What do you need to see tomorrow against Nevada?
2: Yeah, I mean, we gotta do, we got to do a much better job being physical, keeping our guy in front of us, um, and defending without fouling. You know, we have to be aggressive, uh, but we got to be able to play with our chest and not put them at the free throw line. They're 11-0 on the season when they attempt 23 or more free throws. And so we got to do a great job. You know, and obviously we talked about Blackshear and Lucas. we got to do a great job just making it hard on them. They're going to make some shots, but we have to be able to, you know, rebound it when they do miss it, and we got to be able to get out in transition. Coach? Good luck tomorrow. You bet. Go Aggies. We'll we'll talk to you. Thanks for coming.
1: As uh, Utah State and Nevada. Make sure to get those tickets and uh, get ready to go. Live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill, remember they're Ruby's after dark late night menu. All kinds of great opportunities. Make sure to visit Ruby after every home game. That wraps it up for us. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.
0: This has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express. Stay smart. Beaver Mountain. Come ski the beam. Smith's. Fresh for everyone. Sports Academy and Racquet Club. Your club. Your results. Your life. Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Ford. Go further. And by Ruby's, Home of the Aggie Coaches Show. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.